Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What operating agreement is right for your cannabis company? How to raise capital for your cannabis company, part two. You may not know it, but your business is just a ball of contracts with all the rights of a person, from owning property to entering into contracts and even suing in court. But it does not include the right to vote in a public elections. However, you can spend money on supporting people running for office, so don't be too upset. America itself is basically a large corporation. Most municipalities are actually corporations. See these useful informational tidbits? It's everything you've come to expect from... Hi, I'm Tom, and you can find me by Googling Cannabis Lawyer and clicking on my website, CannabisIndustryLawyer.com, an online resource for learning more about the industry that you want to get into. Today is another fairly complex episode in our series that deals with finance and fundraising for your business. It will be advantageous to watch all the way until the end, and if you hang out until then, you'll learn all the differences between corporations and LLCs that may have huge impacts on your business if it raises money or just in its day-to-day operations. This is another one of our fundraising series. Now, if you are getting into the cannabis industry and your team has a million dollars or less for your dispensary or under $4 million for your grow, whether it's a craft or micro grower team, then this is the playlist for you and I'll put it right up there. In our second episode, we discuss operating agreements. You may not know it, but if you are an LLC for your cannabis company or an LLC on its application, then this is how your company as a legally fictional person literally operates. It's the owner's manual for your company, which basically means it's like the one for your car. It's somewhere in the glove box, probably not really too closely read. Now that's a mistake. Corporate entities, whether LLCs or corporations, can only do what their contracts say they can do. Not only is it quite crucial, but expletive deleted important to know how your company runs its operations and distributes its profits for raising capital or for diluting your shares, which are called units in LLCs. Stay tuned for finding out what corporations call their operating agreements. We will talk about it at the end when answering a question, can you run your LLC like a corporation? Back to the operating agreements. They are what LLCs have. Why are LLCs so popular now instead of corporations? Because LLCs are flexible, like a yoga master. 
you can have an operating agreement between the owners called members of the LLC that literally governs the whole life trajectory of that business. We're gonna discuss several different permutations of operating agreements, depending on the goals of your business venture. Remember that LLCs are flexible. What does that mean? Well, it means that from my reading your company's operating agreement, I can tell if it was set up to be sold to the highest bidder, if it was to be a, a family business for generations, if it was to operate a real estate business, if it was to operate a big one-time deal and then have the parties go their separate ways, if the parties did not care what the other owners did, if the parties wanted specific duties to the business, if it was held to hold control to the business in a very specific way. This could be a social equity operating agreement that we used often in Illinois applications. If it was to be taxed as a business owner, the S Corp or a C Corp. I can tell if the profits interest went to different things despite the ownership percentages. I could tell how the corporation or LLC would die through dissolution, how owners get out or get in. And that's more than enough points to tell you about how flexible the operating agreement contract is. Isn't that amazing? One contract can be set up in almost any number of ways for your business situation. So please get your tax guy involved immediately and your corporate consultant or lawyer to discuss the operating agreement so that it can suit your company specific needs. We can talk about your company's needs to see what your business objectives are, what your exit strategy is, a big checklist of things that you want to get right. LLCs are great not only because they have the flexibility to do whatever your business needs, they also have relaxed formalities and greater restrictions against the transfer of those ownership interests. You probably know that a corporation's ownership is referred to as a share in the company, while an LLC has a unit of membership in the company. So why are these LLCs so popular? Well, because about 50 years ago, some business people in Wyoming asked, wouldn't it be great if we could get all the protections of the corporate shield but not have to follow all the rules? Heck yeah, it would, only in America. In an LLC, you can set it up so that the owners, shareholders in corporate speak or members in LLC jargon, have no duties to one another. Just be like, I did this, deal with it. That could be part of the business. We have an operating agreement that we like to call the one and done or the forget about it because not only does it allow you to have the least amount of duties to your partners as a matter of law, but the freedom to leave the business on a moment's notice, dissolve the business and leave it in the past. It's the LLC for the deal when you got just one little thing to do. What about if you're just a single member LLC? We like to call those operating agreements to protect your neck because it basically gives the limited liability shield and very little else. I have seen these uh, single member operating agreements be just a few pages, maybe like five or something. Now these operating agreements can go into the dozens of pages or be well over a hundred pages depending on what exhibits are attached to that operating agreement, perhaps in a private placement memorandum. Stay tuned for more on that in the third episode of this series. Then we have another operating agreement that I like to call the flip. Now this is basically a company on a mission to be sold. The LLC comes with an exit strategy, so you're almost for sale from day one. 
and the terms of that sale are all set into the operating agreement. In this format, we very often use the tag-along, drag-along clause as a term of the operating agreement to provide protections to the minority owners of the company who are going to tag along and be dragged along by the majority owners of the company for the full sale of the company or substantially all of its assets. So you can see, both the majority owner and the minority owner are in agreement as to what will happen when an offer to buy comes along. Then I have an operating agreement I like to call Generation Wealth. When you have a business being able to have your rights of first refusal and retain ownership, often inside a family-owned business, it is a very sticky wicket to get into or out of, and that's the point. There are so many variants to operating agreements that we can basically make one up uh, right now. Let's, let's, uh, let's call it the give it to the people operating agreement, where the company uh, agrees to an ESOP, an employee stock ownership plan. I guess it would need to be tailored not stock, but unit ownership plan, to essentially become an employee-owned company from the inception as it's placed into the operating agreement. Uh, I'd have to do some research on that before I could draft it and tune it up to make sure that I got it right. I just don't see why you couldn't do it. You kind of are getting that LLC operating agreements are so flexible that you can adapt them for any situation that your company needs, even compliance with certain social equity aspects of the laws. Remember that your company is just a ball of contracts related to a statute, a legally fictional person that gets to generate you money. But you're responsible for bearing the risk as the entrepreneur. We set up our operating agreements to check off statutory requirements of the social equity policies that Illinois' cannabis law employed. Then we went further and even built in additional distributions for employees and to the community to build our social equity and community engagement operating agreements for our cannabis clients. The reason you need an operating agreement when raising capital is because it tells your prospective investors exactly what your company is legally obligated to do. That is the plan. The operating agreement spells out how it will all go down, from management to new owners, to getting out of your ownership, dissolving the company, everything. So let's talk about the LLCs in relation to corporations. Uh, in corporation terms, an operating agreement blends shareholder agreements and bylaws together. But in theory, an LLC could have bylaws separately, or they could have bylaws inserted as an article of its operating agreement. As we get to the intersection of these two different types of corporate entities businesses have at their disposal, we can finally answer the question of, can an LLC be run like a corporation? But first, if you're getting value from this information, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to this channel so that you can get notice of our podcast, Cannabis Legalization News, which is also on all the major podcast platforms and not just on YouTube. Join us every Wednesday and Sunday with your business questions and we can answer them live on the air. So you see that yes, you can structure an LLC much like it is a corporation. However, it will be much more expensive to do the corporate route with all of its formalities. The operating agreement has the ability to blend new owners and types of owners, officers, directors, voting rights, tax consequences, so many things into it, but it has the, uh, the, the lowered formalities that a corporation has to abide by or else they may risk their corporate shield. The limited liability company can retain its corporate shield by relaxing as many formalities as is legally permissible. 
So why not just start with a corporation? You see, you can, but they have those greater formalities and they have less flexibility. Plus, your shares are more interchangeable in the sense that it is easier to buy and sell shares of a corporation than it is to buy and sell membership units of an LLC. However, an LLC can become a corporation. If in the first five years of your operation, you're expecting your core team to own the business and, and get it going and profit from the business, and you really don't have much of an exit plan, you're intending to hold it for your own personal investment reasons, then you can set up uh, the corporation as best you can, but you can employ the flexibility and lack of formality that the LLC has. And then you would also get a more restrictive ownership so that core team can't be trying to sell the company, unless of course you put the tag along, drag along clause into your operating agreement, or new people can't come in as easily or get out as easily if you've structured it that way. Now, of course, in the future, you may not become a corporation, but you could get bought by one. You see, uh, an LLC can become a corporation, can sell itself to a corporation, and it could also run itself to a, like a corporation. Uh, uh, it, it won't be one, but it can walk like a duck and talk like a duck, but it ain't a duck. So anyway, thanks for learning about operating agreements. In episode three, we're gonna talk about private placement memorandums and offering equity in your company for sale. Now that's another tool that you need to start putting your company together so that it is the way that it is investment ready. Uh, but anyway, I will see you Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Until next time, really enjoyed having you on.